You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am so excited because I have Sarah Gilliland on the line. Now, Sarah is a travel writer, and I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk a little bit about what she does and how others making get started if they were interested. So, hey, Sarah, how are you? Hi, Tiffany. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic. So let's hop right in because, you know, people see, you know, travel writers going on all these trips and they're like, oh, I want to be a travel writer. Um, (laughs) And and so if you can give us just a little bit of your story and how you even got started and got interested in this topic. Okay. Well, I will give you the high level view because it is kind of a long story. And I know that your podcast is a shorter podcast, so I don't want to take up all the time talking about myself, but um, the too long didn't read version is I started out as a mommy blogger, like a lot of uh, young women have in the past. Um, It just seemed like a fun outlet to write stories about my kids and my parenting woes. I was a new mom. I had twins right off the bat. And so it was kind of, I was sink or swim at that point in my life. And I found kind of community in writing about the struggles or the triumphs that I was going through. And I found that um, other women responded to it and it felt a lot less lonely um, to be a parent. So I started there and I learned that you could make money writing content online. And I got real excited about that because it would allow me to be flexible with my schedule and raise my kids, but also, um, you know, monetarily contribute to the family. Uh, But I did that for probably seven or eight years, nine-ish years, and I just decided that I wasn't happy. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was chasing other people's dreams. I was chasing, um, oh, being a food blogger or being a craft blogger, and there are some people who love that, and they are extremely successful at it, and that was not me. Mm-hmm. It was taking me a lot of time to do these things and I wasn't really seeing the results. And my husband suggested that I focus in on one thing that I was good at. And I was like, okay, but I don't know what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, you know, people are always asking you for travel advice because we travel a lot with our kids and a lot of people are a maybe not afraid is the right word, but maybe just unsure about how to do that because it seems like so much work. And it is, it's a lot of work to travel with kids, but once you kind of get a system down, it's really not that bad. And he was like, people want to know how we do it. Why don't you just focus on travel stuff? And I was like, that sounds great. Let's do that. So I went through the whole process of rebranding my blog and I paid for a new logo and I uh, launched it in Well, I didn't actually launch it because I ended up holding it back, but I was getting ready to launch it in April of 2020. Ha ha ha. And we all know what happened then. (laughs) Great time to switch to travel blogging for sure. (laughs) So, um, but you know, hindsight is 2020 and being in the middle of a global pandemic and not being able to travel myself and obviously no one else really traveling gave me some time to really figure out how I wanted to proceed and to get better at things like SEO and just general content creation. Um, Because travel writing is very different from recipe writing, is very different from money writing, as you know, and is very different from, you know, craft blogs and all that kind of stuff. So 
it was really just a, it ended up being a good time to learn how to be better and to learn what exactly to do so that I could start off on the right foot. But while I was learning and trying to build my blog, which I still am doing, um, I spoke to some friends about freelance writing because I kept seeing them, you know, get great bylines and publications online like Yahoo or Travel and Leisure. And I was like, I want in on that. I think that would be cool because I wanted somewhere to share my travels because as somebody who loves to travel, I got out there probably earlier than most people after the pandemic um, and, you know, did it as safely as we could, but I did travel and people were wanting to know, like, what are the protocols here? What are the protocols there? How are you managing it? How, because at that point I had a one and a half, almost two-year-old, like, what is that like traveling with, you know, a two-year-old and is he going to have to mask in places and all that kind of stuff. So it ended up being a, um, blessing to me that I really jumped in more with the freelancing. And now I feel like I'm just getting back to my blog because freelancing opened up a lot of doors for me and was a great way to supplement the income that I was missing from my blog, having rebranded in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Right, right. And talk about timing, right? Yeah, yeah. Timing is everything. (laughs) But I love your story because you hit on a few points there, just going over, um, you know, how you got to where you are. And one thing I wanted to zoom in on was how you decided that, you know, this is no longer interesting to me. Let me just hit the brakes, Mm -hmm, (laughs) figure mm -hmm. out what I really want to do. Then you researched into it and then you restarted again. And I feel like for um, our entrepreneurs that are listening, sometimes we attach our identity to the business. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of get stuck. So we end up in a situation, same with people in career too. We end up in a situation where whatever it is, is no longer serving us, but because it's attached to our identity, we feel like we have to keep going. So I love that you mentioned that, that you said, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to figure out what I really want to do. And then doing the research and then pursuing that. I think that was key. I agree. I think that, and I will say, I do want to put out there that I am extremely fortunate that I am in a wonderful marriage with a great guy who, um, you know, has a full-time job and health insurance and all those things that come with working for, um, you know, an actual company instead of just yourself. So I know that that is not always feasible for everyone who is an entrepreneur at heart to do an about face when you don't have a safety net. So I would suggest for anyone that is either doing this solo or maybe your spouse or significant other is also self-employed. And it's kind of scary to think that you just want to jump out there without, um, making sure you have a plan. Definitely make sure you have a plan in place because if I had just up and decided to restart and we were dependent on my income, it would have been bad. We probably would have been homeless. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I am fortunate in that way, but Besides all that, the other thing too was I was afraid, like you said, to to start over. I was afraid that 
I would lose a lot of my um, traffic, which I did, but I would also, I was afraid I was going to lose a lot of my fan base, so to speak, which I hate saying that because that makes me sound like a celebrity and I'm not, but (laughs) you know, people follow you for a certain reason. And if people are following you because, you know, you are like a parenting blogger and you give parenting advice, but then all of a sudden you stop doing that. Or like I had some crafty things on my blog that I did and those were, I like those. Okay. But it just, it was so much work on the back end to like make the pictures pretty and all that, that I really ended up hating it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, if people ever were following me, if they were drawn to me because of that, and then all of a sudden I stopped doing it, it was kind of like, I don't know this person anymore. I don't know if I want to follow them. And so there is that fear that you're just starting over from zero, but I'm I'm here to tell you, I'm so much happier Mm -hmm. and I don't care as much if I lose people these days, I guess is the best way to say that because now people know when they come to me, when they find me on social, when they find me on my website, they know what they're getting. They're not, it's not a hodgepodge like it used to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I covered all sorts of topics and, um, I just really appreciate that I personally have direction. And I think people who follow you and your journey, whatever that may be, like yours, Tiffany is with financial advice and money. Like people know when they come to Tiffany, that's what they're going to get from you. It's not going to surprise them. They know that because, and if they, and they know that all of a sudden, if you pop up a craft post, like somebody's hacked your site. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. And I completely agree with that. And thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, I talk about it on the podcast all the time. Entrepreneurship, it's not what it's glammed up to be sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you being um, transparent and sharing that with the audience. Now, getting back to the travel writing though, um, if someone's listening and they're like, you know, maybe they already have a blog or maybe they're interested in starting with travel writing, what do you suggest that they like, where should they focus their attention first? What type of research should they be doing? Well, I'm going to say that over the last 10 years or so, I have really learned that and I really, honestly, we should all have learned that we do not own any of our social media accounts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how big of a YouTube star Mr. Beast is. He does not own YouTube. Um, at least I don't think he's bought it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't own that. Sure, he owns the content he made that he put up there. But if at any time YouTube decided he violated their terms of service or whatever, they could just take it down. And anyone who depended on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it may be, you would be stuck. You would not be making money anymore because you put all of your eggs in one basket. And so I would really encourage entrepreneurs to control what you can control, which is your website. You really need to um, invest in a space on the internet that belongs to you and that you control and that nobody can take away from you um, unless you get hacked. But that's a whole nother story. (laughs) You can pay for extra security to help with that. But you do own it. And you you know, when you buy the URL, it's yours, it's in your name, all that good stuff. Um, When you focus on because see, there's so many people out there who are like Instagram influencers or TikTok influencers. Great. Make your money, boo boo. You, you do you, but if you don't also have a place where you can put similar content or even the exact same content, at least save all of your videos or pictures and put them on a website so that if something happens to 
Instagram or TikTok or whatever, that you have a place where that content can go and where people can find you. Um, Additionally, you can't really control how much ad revenue you get paid by these other entities. Uh, You can control your ads on your blog. You can control whether or not you accept a sponsored post. You can control... Um, the way your website looks, you know, sometimes ads pop up in the middle of videos. And if it, if that happens to me and I don't have a particular um, affinity towards whoever I'm watching, I just skip out. I'm like, oh, there's an Mm -hmm. ad I'm leaving, (laughs) you know, and if you get feedback from people who are reading your website or looking at it or whatever, you can adjust things and, and keep your audience happy, but you can't really do that with websites and social media content that you can't control. Um, Secondly, in addition to investing in yourself, is you need to figure out what is popular and what is working on the internet as far as travel writing is concerned. And this is this is kind of very specific to me, but I'm finding out mm-hmm. being an editor um, and working with other people that just because you travel doesn't necessarily mean that you are a travel writer or that you can be a travel writer. <laughs> um, you have to, it's not just, you know, blogging way back when was literally like an online diary for a lot of people. Um, and it's really not that way anymore. It is an extremely competitive Uh, area. And you really have to learn what SEO is, which stands for search engine optimization for anyone that doesn't know. You have to understand, you know, small nuances, like don't put dates in your URL because then you're stuck with that date. So, you know, then if you update that content later, it still will say, you know, from 2020 and it may have outdated information or, or people may think it does because it has the 2020 year in there. Um, so just because you travel (laughs) and maybe Mm -hmm. you take gorgeous pictures, that's fine. But like, you may need to consider if this is something you want to do, maybe working with a partner or at least maybe hiring out people who can write and that, or that no SEO or other things like that, that you don't know if you feel like you may not have the time to learn that. If you're just so eager to get off the ground that you want to go, 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 you're going to find that if you don't start with a good foundation, that um, it's not going to be as successful as you think it is. And also, I know this is an entrepreneurial podcast, so I'm sure you've said this before. It is not, and you cannot be an overnight success. It just mm-hmm. isn't how that works. You're not going to go viral. <laughs> I don't know. You're just not going to succeed right off the bat, and you need to be okay with that. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That just means you have to keep going. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, you know, I do mention that sometimes on the podcast. Like a lot of these people you see, like, let's even take Mr. Beast since you brought him up, right? <laughs> um, he's been doing YouTube videos since he was a kid. Like, right. I think he said like 10, 11 or something like that. And now he's like 23 or 24. So he's been already doing this for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And now he's at, the place where he is. So I feel like a lot of times, you know, when you see these big influencers or people killing it in whatever medium they're on, um, you don't realize how long they've actually been doing it. And they did it for a very long time and nobody paid attention. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, So I'm so glad that you brought it up. So even if you did want to get into travel writing, don't expect the big trips being sponsored and all that stuff out the gate. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And even when you do get those trips, um, 
you need to prepare yourself for how much work that is. Because like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that like a lot of people see the glamorous side of what it means to be hosted, which hosting usually means that CVB, Convention and Visitors Bureau, or a PR firm has paid for you to either travel to the destination or stay at the destination, a specific hotel or both. Um, Occasionally, they also pay for all of your meals. Sometimes they only pay for a few. Um, Sometimes they pay for all activities. Sometimes they only pay for a few. But regardless, usually what people see is the fun side of those things. They see all the fun pictures or, you know, fun uh, TikTok videos of kids splashing in the sand at the beach and the water or, uh, you know, riding their first roller coaster at a theme park, you know, et cetera. But that's what we are supposed to do as travel writers and social media users, content creators, whatever you want to call us. Uh, We are supposed to make it look fun. That's the point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we wouldn't be doing our jobs well if people didn't want to go and do the things that we are seeing online going and doing. Um, But on the back end of that, when I get home, I usually have hundreds of pictures and videos to comb through. I have to plan out what I'm going to share and when, and then I have to create it. I'm a one woman show just like you are. I don't, well, I don't know. Are you a one woman show? Do you have any people working for you? (laughs) I do have a small team. um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that's great. I mean, so you, you don't have five or six people working for you doing this. You don't have somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, doing every, like every, you're not just the overseer. You, you do have your hands still in some creation, correct? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So (laughs) even if you have, excuse me, a team or even just a VA, a virtual assistant, you still, you know, those of us who are uh, entrepreneurs want to be in charge of our stuff. We don't want to just let somebody else do it. So we're going to have our hand in all of it, but you have to plan out um, content creation and, you know, articles. And then for me, sometimes I pitch, um, the different places that I freelance a story as well. Like I'm, I know I'm going to write something on my own website, but maybe I, there's a story that might fit on Yahoo or Insider or somewhere like that that I'll pitch. Now they may not accept it, so then I may not end up, you know, doing that article. But you still have to plan for it. Um, and there's a lot of times where my kids are having fun on vacation and they're like, mom, come join us. And I'm like, hang on, I got to put this picture on Instagram first (laughs) (laughs) or they, their favorite thing to do when we go to a restaurant is nobody touch your food. Mom's got to take a picture, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm like, how sad is it that they know that? But it's true. And now they're old enough. They're 12. My oldest kids are 12. They're twin girls. And they joke, like we'll be at McDonald's and they're like, don't take a picture picture or don't eat your food. Mom needs to take a picture. And I'm like, we're at McDonald's y'all. I don't need to take a picture at McDonald's, (laughs) but it's a joke now because they've done it so much right now. Unless McDonald's is listening. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, yeah. Hey McDonald's. We, I mean, look, my three-year-old loves your chicken nuggets. I won't turn down a sponsorship for chicken nuggets. (laughs) We'll work for chicken nuggets. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm glad you mentioned that though, Sarah, um, in all seriousness, that once money starts getting involved. So even if you like love traveling, right. Mm -hmm. And you love going on your trips and you take good pictures and all that stuff. When money starts getting involved, like somebody actually hires you to do this stuff, it 
takes on a whole different feel um, Mm -hmm. sometimes I might imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like understanding if that's really what you enjoy or do you just like taking leisurely vacations? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you want this to be a business or do you want it to just be something for leisure? And then you, you know, post your pictures on Instagram or whatever. Um, So I think that is a, a big consideration that people should take take into account when they're thinking about this field. I absolutely agree because I have been victim of my own ideas, I guess is the best way to put that. Um, For instance, I'll just give this example is that I love theme parks. I am a huge fan of rides and coasters and all that kind of, and parades and all the fun stuff that goes with that. And as such, we visit Walt Disney World in Florida and Universal Studios in Florida a lot. Um, but we've also gone to, you know, Disneyland and Universal out in Hollywood, Dollywood theme park in Tennessee, um, Six Flags. I mean, you just you name it. We've been to it. And when I go to so I'll just use Walt Disney World because we go there the most. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to Walt Disney World, there are times when I am strictly there for work. I have gone before on a trip and not ridden a single thing because I was there to write about food, <laughs> which sounds like fun. You're like, oh, shame. Oh, shame on you. You have to eat all this food or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but <laughs> I have to take pictures of all the food and you have to be the annoying person that's like, don't touch this or that, or can you order this and I'll order this so that we can get a picture of two different things. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it that's not how you want to vacation. When I'm with my kids and it's not a working trip, it is very hard for me. I, I've gotten better in, in the last probably year or so, but it's hard for me to separate travel writer, Sarah from mom, Sarah, and like put my phone away and just have fun because I'm constantly (laughs) thinking about, Ooh, this would be, this would look good on TikTok or, Ooh, this would be a good Instagram picture or, Oh, I wonder, I maybe need to take some notes on this situation so I can write about it later. Cause this was, you know, something that new that's happened or whatever. Um, so you really have to think about whether or not you are going to be able to separate the two halves of yourself when it comes to traveling, because sometimes it's very difficult to turn that side of your brain off and just actually go on vacation. I can't tell you, I'm trying to think of the last time I've just, I guess this last trip that we went to Orlando, there were a few days where I didn't have, I wasn't, you know, being sponsored in a hotel or anything like that. When we just went and had fun or we swam in the the pool at the place we were staying and I didn't take any pictures <laughs> and mm. I felt weird and I felt kind of bad about it. But then I was like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to this time. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, that's so important um, to just consider as you're thinking about being a travel writing or anything that you have a hobby in, honestly, um, that you're thinking about taking it as a business, you know, when that money gets involved, it might turn into a whole different animal. And then you have to, you know, figure out if this is really what you want to do. So, Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. And I appreciate you being so open and transparent with my audience on travel writing and how to get started. Now, if people were interested in learning more about you or, you know, reading about some of these escapades that you go on, (laughs) how could they find you? Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. I really appreciate you um, having this avenue for people to talk about different ways that um, you can be employed in you know different fields because I'm sure, as you often get, 
as same as I, what do you do again? (laughs) What's your job? That's a, that's a real job. Yes. Yes. It is a real job. (laughs) Um, but you can find me on my website and it is on the road with Sarah.com Sarah with an H and I am Sarah Gilliland on, um, well, I guess it's not Twitter anymore. I guess it's X. <laughs> Whatever. I, I've kind of moved over from that. I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that social media platform might be dying a slow death. But mm-hmm. if you're there, I'm Sarah Gilliland. And if you're on all the other social media platforms, I'm actually Sarah Gilliland Travels. So Instagram, uh, Threads, Pinterest, Facebook, TikTok all that good stuff. <laughs> yes. So I hope you can find me there. And if you want to check out any of my freelance writing, you honestly could just Google my name and a lot of that would probably come up. Yeah. She said, Google me, baby. Um, <laughs> no, well, but- that's the easiest way. Cause it's so many different <laughs> outlets. And I, I feel like I don't want to be braggy listing all of the outlets. <laughs> no, for sure. And I'll make sure that I have all of those links in the show notes for you all. So if you're doing something else right now, don't worry, just check out the show notes and all her links will be there and you can travel vicariously through Sarah. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Tiffany. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at moneytalkwitht. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>